Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hi, everybody. We have been dancing a little back here, getting all the technology going, because I have an incredible ho uh, guest today, Scott Miller, who has written this fabulous book I'm going to be talking about in a minute. It's called Management Mess to Leadership Success. Before we start, I do want to thank Betty Ritter for this lovely outfit that I'm wearing today. They are at the Plaza at Preston Center. Stop in. That's a boutique for women who have style. So thanks, Betty. Scott, welcome today from Utah. I think it must be cooler there than it is here, right? Valerie, welcome. You look fabulous, by the way. <laughs> Clearly, you have style. Thank you. And it is. It's a nice summer in Utah. It's in the 80s, early 90s, but no humidity, so it's why I moved here. Oh, okay. I think that's good. I'll come and visit sometime, Scott. Well... When I talked to you earlier about this book, I was absolutely intrigued for a couple of reasons. One, Scott, is that you are so transparent. This book is a lot about failures, your failures. So I know you just had to write this book because it is your story. I'm curious, though, how you had the guts, really, to write so, uh, I guess the word would be vulnerably, in this book. How did this happen? You know, you're right. It did take some guts. You know, I'm uh, I'm not afraid of much. Uh, sharks, snakes, and alligators scare the bejesus out of me. <laughs> but beyond that, not much else. So as you know, I've been an executive officer in the Franklin Covey Company for a long time, been here 23 years. Uh, I report to the CEO. We're a fairly conservative brand. It served us well. But I'm a bit of a bull in a china shop here. And so it did take some guts. I don't think it was a confessional, but you know, a dear friend of mine, Seth Godin, everyone know who Seth Godin is. He taught me a very valuable concept. He taught me the difference between being reckless mm. and being fearless. And I think too much of my early life was confusing, thinking I was being fearless when I was being reckless. So now I'm much more deliberate about that. So I think the book is fearless but I don't think it's reckless. And that's why I think I had the guts or the confidence to you know, be vulnerable and lay out all of my, not all of them, but a lot of my own messes. I think it's helpful, been helpful to people for me to kind of give them permission to recognize everybody's got a mess going on, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody's a complete success. No one's a complete mess, mm -hmm. but everybody's got a mess. Your boss knows your mess. The receptionist knows your mess. Your team members, they're talking about your mess. So why not just own it, kind of make it your brand and give permission for your team to own their mess and move towards success. 
Well, you know, Scott, I uh, I read this book thoroughly, and I am serious when I tell you that I'm going to recommend and give it to a lot of the men and women that I coach in the executive coaching part of what I do, because as you said, it <laughs> there's mess everywhere. And what I love about it, a couple of things I want to uh, point out. One was, Uh-oh. and I don't, yes, well, we're going to get here, aren't we? Uh, I don't know that the camera can see this, but you've got 30 little boxes here at the beginning that are basically the 30 principles or lessons that you have learned. And you talk about your story and then you also bring in people that you've met because you're also a host on two other shows you want to talk about that for a minute sure so for franklin covey i host what is the world's largest subscribed leadership newsletter it's called on leadership you can visit that by visiting franklincovey.com like your program we interview a different thought leader people smarter than me every week and I also host a radio program on iHeartRadio called Great Life, Great Career, where I also interview people uh, that are, you know, have had great careers and have things to share to help to inspire our um, listeners. So then you're also the executive vice president. I mean, how are you doing all this, really? And a dad? You know, I, and first, a wa- first and foremost, I'm a I'm a dad, right? Dad. My three boys. And I'm a, I'm a husband. That's my that's my priority in life. I was advised early in life, do not confuse your job with your life. Right, your job is a career. Your career is not your life. I'm, so I'm very deliberate on my roles in life. Number one are provider to my family, spouse, parent, and then the rest of the remaining hours of the day all go towards hopefully helping others through my role and my my writing and speaking. That's great, Scott. What a guy. Well, I want to get into the book in a minute, but I'd like the listeners to know how you got to uh, Franklin Covey in the first place. You talked about some failures that actually got you there. So what's your journey like? Well, thanks for asking, Valerie. So I was, uh, you know, born in the late 60s. I'm 51. Last week, I worked for a presidential campaign back in 1988, a winning presidential campaign. They went on to the White House and I was like 19, so I wasn't going to the White House. So I stayed back, finished my education, and I joined the local employer, the Disney Company from Orlando. So I worked for the Disney Company for four years. Amazing journey. Learned so much. They kicked me out because I was an immature jerk. And uh, the Stephen Covey, you know, caught kind of wind of me and his leaders and they invited me to join them in Utah at the age of 26. And I've had an amazing run for 23 years now mm. in Utah. And I've been very blessed to have to have mentored under and coached and learned and been forgiven by a lot of great leaders at the Franklin Covey Company. It's been a, um, an amazing ride. And I, like I got, I'll bet you most successful people, am the result of people who believed in me, who forgave me, who coached me, had a lot of difficult conversations with me. And uh, I'm very blessed and grateful to have been associated with Stephen Covey and his firm for um, over two decades. And it is, it is quite an organization. There's no one in the world that doesn't know of this organization. You are blessed, I have to say that. And you talk about being mentored and having some things that happened to you by, uh, and being given for, for some of them. One of them was a story about when you were, um, and it's in the book here, about gossiping and what is 
not too cool about that and how it bit you in yeah. the mm-hmm. So right. the president comes in and something happened I want you to tell us about that landed you in a big red chair and I bet that was a hot discussion. <laughs> so you tell us about that. I love that you read the book. It's rare to have the interviewer having read the book. So you know, I, I share in the book and maybe this isn't everyone's life journey, but I was raised, not by my family per se, but by community, where gossiping was just natural part of life. Everybody gossips, and that's just kind of how you get along in life. And I'm embarrassed to admit that it wasn't until I was in my late 20s and I joined the Covey Leadership Center where I really understood the damage that gossip does in families, churches, Cub Scouts, you know, yeah. your organization's a cancer. And Stephen Covey calls it being loyal to the absent. And it's really profoundly changed the way I treat people, I manage my brand, that you are loyal to those who are absent. You do not speak about anybody differently from when they are absent as opposed to when they are present in front of you. And the story I share is when I was first promoted fairly significantly to be the general manager of our central region of Chicago. Large team, I was very young, this leader placed a lot of trust in me. And he came out to Chicago, I think within about three months or so of my promotion, sat down in my office in a scheduled visit in this big red leather chair with sort of rust gold rivets. And I remember that because it was a visceral conversation. And he said to me, I'm not kidding you, quote, Scott, you're standing at a gas station and you're holding a match. Mm. Now that doesn't leave a lot for interpretation. He was irritated at me for sharing, disclosing, gossiping, sensitivities, you know, things that he had trusted in me to keep confidential, not SEC worthy information, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing illegal, but just kind of being catty, who was on the chopping block, you know, who was up for a promotion. And I totally violated his trust, not intentionally, just, uh, um, it doesn't matter, I guess, was it intentional or not, I just violated his trust. And it was at that visceral moment that I really was mindful that the role of a leader is to keep confidences, be trustworthy, be mindful of what you say, because you build or destroy culture in every interaction. As a leader, every text, every email, every phone call, every conference call, every time you pass someone in the hallway and you're at your phone, looking at your phone versus saying hi to somebody, you build culture. And as a leader, if you want to stop the water cooler gossip, the backbiting, all the innuendo, you have to model that you do not speak about people any differently when they are out of the room than that when they are in the room. And that is a high standard, Valerie. Well, it is, and it's so... Uh it's just going on all the time when I'm doing workshops yeah. and I'm sure when you are too it it's it's the norm so I'm curious if someone came to you and they began gossiping what do you say right. to them I'm very clear I'm very clear on this I'm so glad you asked this question leaders define culture leaders are the linchpin what leaders do and say gets valued and it gets replicated so as a leader, you need to be the transition figure. You have to be the model. As Dr. Covey said, be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. So when someone comes to you or they're in your presence or you're in the cafeteria or the restroom and you hear something 
that is being disloyal, is being duplicitous. Don't shame them. Don't even shut them down. Just you might say, you know, I'll bet you if Valerie heard that, probably would hurt her feelings. And I'll bet there's more facts to that story. I'm going to suspend judgment and ask her myself. Or you know what? I'm actually going to not participate in that. I'll bet you there's more to that than just meets the eye. There's ways to profoundly but gently pivot the conversation. That doesn't leave anybody blacklisted or shamed. Practice it. Come up with what is your line without eviscerating the person. There's lots of delicate, diplomatic ways to lift the other person to the same level. And pretty soon, when people realize that as the leader, you won't tolerate that, you will one by one change the culture. You can change the culture in a week, in a meeting, by simply announcing, you know, I've noticed in our organization, we're a little bit too free with how rapidly we will take someone down, prejudge someone, assume bad intent. You know what? Let's set a new standard starting today. Let's assume good intent in everyone. Let's extend trust to people when maybe they don't even deserve it. Let's make sure that from now on, let's talk about everyone. And I want you to hold me to the same standard. Let's talk about them when they are absent as if they were present. We're going to slip up. We're going to fall down. But let's set a new standard for our team, our division, our platform, our organization. Be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. Beautifully said, Scott. And all throughout the book, the thing that I appreciated was at the end of each one, you end it with from mess to success and you kind of summarize it. And then the other thing that I really like are these cards that come with the book and you can take one a day, you can just pick one, I assume, and say to yourself, self, I'm going to practice this one and I can read on the back what it's about. And it's just a reminder, we need reminders on this. I have one final question I wanna ask you as a fellow author. Um, does writing energize you or drain you? Hmm. You know, I, I speak a lot publicly and I write a lot. I'm a columnist for Inc. Magazine. I write a blog for our company every week. I have three books in work right now. I don't think I'm a natural writer. I think writing helps me to organize my thoughts in a way that allows me to speak more influential, more credibly. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it, it, it infuses me or depletes me. I think it uh, what it does for me is it allows me to, to speak more persuasively, authentically, because sometimes I say things kind of out of order. And you may not know this, but I'm a stutterer. I have a fairly pronounced stutter. And I've worked hard on that. I've had braces numerous times, a lot of speech pathology. So I can empathize, empathize with those that have a speech impediment. So I hmm. think writing, believe it or not, allows me to speak more eloquently because it helps me gather my thoughts in a sequential way mm -hmm. and allows mm -hmm. me to, I think, speak with better uh, power from the stage. So uh, thanks for asking. That's another mess that I uh, confess, I think, in the book. You know, I, I wrote the book, Valerie, to be vulnerable. I think. Yeah. Leadership books are too often too clean. They're too academic. They right. end up all nicely wrapped up in a bow. And I wanted this one to give voice to people like me that aren't natural leaders of people. That's a tough job. And not everybody should be a leader of people. It's no shame if you're not. But if you are going to lead people, 
you're going to find yourself facing challenges and in a mess. Own up to it. Confess it. Make it your brand and recognize everybody is moving from mess to success. <laughs> That's great. Well, and the book is also for anyone. I mean, concepts about graciousness and doing things right have to do with friendship as well. So again, I am going to recommend it to just a lot of people because 30 different aspects of it, it's bound to hit somebody. Believe me, about, mm, I'd say half of them hit me and I'm like, okay, I'll read that a little bit stronger later. Scott, it's just a joy to have you on the show and I wish you all the best. This just came out when? It launched on uh, June, I think it was 18th. I have a whole series in the work the next book is uh, Marketing Mess to Brand Success. There's a book around sales, communication, parenting. There's a whole series coming out about two a year for the next five or six years. So look for the whole Mess to Success series to hopefully um, sweep the country by storm. It's actually doing very well in Poland and Germany of all places right now too. So I think everybody's got a mess in their life. In Poland? Well, Sokolowski we think is Polish. So how about that? <laughs> I know, I know. Wish you all the best, and I'm going to stay in touch with you. Maybe I can come up with a series. I think that's brilliant. Good marketing ploy, <laughs> Scott. All the best to you, and uh, keep doing your magic, and, and um, be vulnerable. That's the other aspect that leaders need so to be today. This aspect or thought about, well, you know, I'm the leader and I, I don't want to mix personal life with work life and I just tell them this much. Baloney, just be real. That's what the show is about. Be authentic. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Valerie. Your positivity is contagious. Keep going, girl. Thank you. And for those of you who uh, tuned in today, I want to tell you that uh, if you would go into the into the podcast or onto YouTube, I really want you to subscribe and to share. We are really upping the numbers and I'm so proud that they're getting bigger and bigger. And if there's anything I can help you individually with in exuding your brand and showing up with presence, just email me Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. That's Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. Or just make a comment to me. Say hi. Until next time, stay authentic. Bye. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically. <laughs>